Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, Scoobies. It is Thursday, October 19th, which means you're about to get a new episode of our coverage of Slayer's A Buffyverse Story. I'm up here all alone. Uh, because Jenny Owen Youngs is in Chicago. If you're listening to this right now, you could probably scoop a ticket and go see her tonight in your city, Chicago. Uh, I heard she is very excited about pumpkin spice malort. I am not, but I'm not there, so I don't have to drink it. Um, A couple of things before we get into today's conversation on the second episode of Slayers. First of all, we're getting closer and closer to our favorite holiday here in Buffering, a rewatch adventure, Halloween. This October 27th, we will continue through Pumpkin Spike Autumn, where we're doing a lot of live watches. This one is Halloween themed. So we are going to be watching the Buffy episode Halloween, followed by All the Way. Those are two of the Halloween themed Buffy episodes that have spike in them. (laughs) And you can find all of the information at bufferingcast.com slash Halloween. Also, uh, with the return of the Buffyverse, we brought back some old designs. We have the hardcore Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy design back in the store. We have our Just Keep Fighting t-shirt back in the store. And we brought back the Slayers Every One of Us vinyl sticker. Those items plus the new X-Files t-shirts are all there for you. Should you want them, just go to bufferingcast.com and click on shop. Hey, tomorrow... October 20th is the last day that you will be able to watch our live taping of Tombs in the X-Files feed. We had special guests Sarah Benincasa, Rishikesh Hirway, and producer LaToya Ferguson all there with us at the Bell House. Bufferingcast.com slash stream. Tomorrow is the last day you can watch the chaos, the beautiful, brilliant chaos that was the live taping of Tombs. Last, but certainly not least, a job I am ill-suited to do alone, but I'm going to do my best. The results of the Sexual Tension Awards from the first episode of Slayers. In last place, with one sad little percent of the vote, Miranda and Spike. They were up against some stiff competition, no pun intended, just kidding, pun obviously intended, Second place, alternate reality Spike and Cordelia. 10% of the vote, which is kind of low for a pairing like our Spordelia or Cordyke. Uh, But again, keep on listening because second place, 16% to Clem and Grape Soda. I should have had a little uh, Foley set up here where I could sip out of a straw and give you that Grape Soda sound effect, but I don't. 73% of the vote, first place. Come on now. It's the return of Cordelia freaking Chase 
and all of us. We're so excited. So Cordelia Chase and all of us. Trophies are in the mail. Fuck yeah. Jenny, have a great show in Chicago tonight. And um, with that, let's hear our coverage of Slayers, episode two. What's a Xander? I knew a kid in high school named Xander. A bit of a dweeb. Kind of cute, if he didn't find himself so entertaining. You come from a very interesting world. Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are now listening to and discussing every episode of Slayers, a Buffyverse story, one by one, spoiler free. My co-host has an ocular migraine right now, <laughs> and I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Uh, reporting for duty, uh, I'm Kristen Russo. Listen, <laughs> hey, you know what? We, uh, come rain, come shine. We're like postal workers. Come rain, shine, ocular migraine, recovering from COVID after moderating tour. a panel at Comic-Con, Jenny being on tour. We will find a way to make a podcast for you. Um, That's right. Yeah. I'm in a hotel room outside of DC right now. If you hear the hustling and bustling of the check-in area <laughs> I am positioned currently perched like a gargoyle right over the en- main entrance Jenny you <laughs> oh, played a show in DC last night and you're headed to Philly today or vice versa that's right okay yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh you know I'm I've been seeing a lot of buffering shirts at the birch table and in the audience um some people last night said they had already listened to our first Slayers episode and we're very kind about it. It's uh, it's nice out here. So exciting. I'm in uh, Brooklyn right now, also working on a travel setup here. I um, got COVID about two weeks ago, barely recovered in time to moderate a panel featuring much of the cast and creators of this very show that we are discussing at the Javits Center. It was pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure I will have more to say about it on a day when I am not in Brooklyn and Jenny is not in D.C. and I did not just uh, have a monocular migraine. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine, guys. Don't worry. We're fine. It's fine. Uh, This episode is episode two. This is episode two of nine. I was actually curious. We got screeners for, I don't know if you call them screeners when they're just audio, but. just would not call them screeners. But like, what if we just simply wouldn't. What do you call them? Audioers? We got yes. audioers for we got this listeners, series. listeners, um, sounders, and I was curious when it released if they would have titles, if each episode would have titles, but they don't. They're just episode one, episode two. Yeah. So uh, this is episode two. Um, and Jenny, who I think is it the same creators and writers for the whole yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This series was written by Amber Benson and Christopher Golden. It was directed by Amber and Christopher and co-directed by Casey Wayland and produced by Casey. Uh, it originally aired uh, in one big season drop on October 12th, 2023. We've heard from a lot of you that you are parceling it off one week at a time with us. Um, we like <gasps> that. So sweet. We love that. I'm so scared that I'm going to get spoiled because of the panel Kristen 
has listened ahead. Kristen knows everything that happens, but she's protecting me at this time, and I hope she continues to do so. the turns have tabled, you know what I mean? That's what they say. Jenny, (laughs) finally, for once, I know more about a particular project than you do. Uh uh Um, I won't spoil you, or I'm going to at least try not to spoil you. This is the one where... Cordelia has arrived in our reality. She's trying to get Spike back to her reality because, hey, who's the big bad over there? Drusilla. Of course she is. And also, hey, the queen of black magic? That's Tara McClay. What the fuck? I, it's all happening. It's really all happening. Also, we have familiars in the alternate reality yep. as evidenced yep. by uh, Mr. Pickles, who I learned at the panel, Jenny, is uh, actually voiced by Casey. <laughs> Amazing. Casey does Mr. I thought you Pickles. were going to tell me it was a real monkey and um, I was going to get stoked, but that's no, equally good. But I did also learn that I think, I can't remember whose dog, maybe Casey's dog, um, is he was used for some of the Foley in as jasper a jasper amazing yeah and amazing. to add icing to this beautiful casey whalen cupcake uh casey has messaged us after i met him at the panel to say that he would be delighted to talk to us about the sound design that he <gasps> really had like full control over with his team uh so we're gonna get to learn Tremendous. i think about the flapping of clem's ears and all sorts of other yes. really cool audio shit from casey uh you <laughs> know in, in weeks to come so look forward to that incredible um that is so exciting should we jump right in i think we should jump right in jenny L- yeah. why not okay right out of the gate Kristen. we've got so format note even though um, in my experience listening to Audible original series, they feel very like bingey, like very like um, designed to just like roll over from one to the next. So you're not getting like the a theme thing at the top or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the way that you might in like um, pop more podcasty, podcasty yeah. kind of um, audio fiction. But um, but we are getting sort of a previously on Slayers from Spike at the top of uh, this episode. And here's the thing, Kristen. Spike claims immediately to have broken a thousand hearts. And I have questions because we've got, uh, by my count, Cecily, Drusilla, Harmony, Buffy. Did he break any of those hearts? Maybe Harmony at best. <laughs> Who are, and even if he did break all of those hearts, who is he uh, claiming are the other 996 owners of those hearts? Is he, is this, is he breaking the fourth wall? Is he directing this at the fandom? I know. I was going to say, well, maybe I wasn't going to say that, but I was going to say maybe he's talking about all of the uh, people. I was going to say women, but how dare I, as though all genders of of person are not pining after Spike. Um, Maybe he's just talking about the thousands of uh, folks who have looked at him longingly across a shadowy bar. uh, He has not taken on a blooming onion. (laughs) Exactly. Seductively. Maybe those are the hearts, because I agree with you. I don't think that he has broken uh, too many of the hearts we've seen, um, except, yeah, I'll give you harmony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I love these Spike voiceovers. I'm hopeful that, and I know Jenny already said I listened to all the episodes, but I'm really good at pretending I haven't. And I will say that here in episode two, I'm hoping that every episode opens with one. It feels like it will since we've gotten this like format very, very much the same in episodes one and yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. And feeling the warm embrace of James Marsters, uh, sort of like almost 
gravelly voice. Like his his voice is aging like a fine yeah bourbon yeah and i am stoked i don't think this is a spoiler to say but if it is we can take it out i will say that i feel i'm sure that they recorded these chronologically and i do think that james marsters gets even more and more into his spike groove like accent wise vocally as the episodes progress because i found myself in the last few episodes just being like oh wow like there's fucking that's the like spike from season two you know Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you got to imagine after, you know, being away from a character for Mm -hmm. (laughs) like close to 20 years, you probably, uh, you know, yeah, you get out of it, you get back in and then you if you are uh, incredible, like James Marshall, you get back into that groove and off the races. Yeah. And I'll have more to say, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more as we get into the latter episodes. But we move from Spike's, I sort of picture him uh, using his his like uh, if he has a coffin he's like using that for his audio because you know a coffin's like nice and right c- small space probably some sure. good velvet or satin padding around there really good yeah, for yeah. audio absorbing um, those reflections for sure maybe maybe vampires actually invented Dolby Atmos you know like they were the ones who figured it out <laughs> from inside from within their coffins oh my god but Cordelia and Indira. Spike and Clem, this quartet, go to a cafe of sorts somewhere in Los Angeles, and we get some information. Okay. We get the drop that Drusilla is alternate reality's big bad. Cordelia wants Spike's help to stop her. Mm-hmm. Indira is like, Spike's hot ex, Drusilla? <laughs> how much How much Spike and Drew fanfic do you think Indira has read? So much jenny i promise i won't (laughs) take up this whole episode telling you stories about doing this panel at comic-con with these folks but i do need to give just one small shout to the folks who did not get to see the panel uh, or who are not jenny who i told immediately but my favorite moment from the whole thing is that the way that the stage was set up there were four people to my right and four people to my left and i they i don't know why they put me in the middle but you guys they put me in the friggin' middle of the whole cast (laughs) and (laughs) and to my immediate right was james marsters and to my immediate left was Juliet Landau. And there was a moment in the panel when we were sort of talking about the chemistry uh, and their history when they went into Spike and Drew fully and were, I will call it heavy flirting, but I was sweating. Uh-huh. I was sweating and I had to <laughs> sort of stop them, uh, you know, midway through to say, I cannot keep, sta- do you realize that there's a human being standing betwixt you as you're doing yeah, this yeah. to me? Um, I saw our friend Trixie Mattel after and she said, man, I was really feeling for you. And Spike and Drew (laughs) were doing their thing on either (laughs) side of you. Um, So anyway, God, it is this uh, passion that, yes, I'm sure Indira has read much fanfic about. And it is this it is their love and this passion that has brought Cordelia to this reality because in her reality, her Spike is dead. And so she wants to bring this spike back to her reality as a means of defeating yeah. Drusilla, which, I mean, you know, on paper, pretty good plan. I think this is a pretty solid plan. What about you? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> we also learned that, uh, Jenny, there's a queen of black magic. We don't find out who she is until a couple scenes from now, but um, I already said it at the top. Our queen of black it's magic, freaking, you would think Tara. You would think maybe Willow, but no, it's freaking Tara. Tara is yeah, our queen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's 
seemingly a self-proclaimed, I think both Drew and Tara are self-proclaimed queen of vampires. I was wondering like how many queens, like how many queen categories do you think there are in this alternate reality? It (laughs) seems like a real sort of like um, magical monarchy thing going on yeah yeah well i just figured there's you know four queens and a deck of cards so there's gotta oh, be sure four queens <laughs> so you've got your queen of black magic your queen of vampires your antler queen yeah, and yeah. <laughs> the band queen <laughs> oh wow an incredible fourth choice of queen yeah um okay cordy <laughs> we get this episode gives us some information on cordelia the slayer uh, her family and also and we'll talk about this I think a little bit later but this is a more Latoya put this in her notes as well this is very clearly at this point in the episode in the second episode a darker world than what we're used to from our Buffy yeah. in ni- in the 90s Sunnydale right we learn here that in this scene we learn that Cordelia has moved her mom out we did not talk last week, Jenny, about the fact that Cordelia has a fucking neck scar, which I feel I don't oh, know how yeah. we missed saying that. But yeah, um, and you'll notice that nobody in Buffy has a neck scar, but Wesley on Angel eventually has a neck scar. Angel, famously, the sort of like dark twin of Buffy as a mm-hmm, series. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a darker story. And it is kind of like maybe halfway in between Buffy and Slayers in terms of its sort of noir leanings yeah you love to say you know if you want to make a drinking game out of this uh, nine episode (laughs) podcast we're making drink every time jenny own young says noir uh drink when i say noir um (laughs) if you know what's good for you uh and yeah it's like okay uh you're making me think about like okay when we when we when we first met faith right Mm mm-hmm who does get and a name drop up, in this episode? Hey, yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she ends up like kind of giving Buffy her story of like um, um, what happened with her watcher. And Buffy's like, you know, did he kill her or something? And Faith says there there isn't a word for yeah what they did her. Yeah. Um, but whereas in this story we get he ripped her throat out. It's mm-hmm. like much more sort of like direct and visceral yeah. right out the, the gate. Yeah. And later, and you know, we can talk about it more when we get there, but we learn here that her, she's moved her mom out, but we learn later that she's lost her sister. Um, that the master lost her sister, lost her watcher, yeah. lost her best friend, the boy she had uh, a crush on all at prom. The, I can't wait to find out <laughs> the boy she had a crush on was, I have some guesses, but I'm going to keep them to myself at this time. We know it's not Xander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hope you enjoyed that. the clip at the top <laughs> hope you enjoyed the clip at the top my favorite perhaps moment to date in the series um okay so we get we also not only do we get a name drop from faith that's later when uh indira says she would love to be the faith to cordelia's buffy um <laughs> <laughs> and spike's like not a great goal yeah you're um, gonna be less. stabbing each other in your stomachs it's rough yeah, it's a rough yeah. go somebody's gonna be in a coma um but we also get a willow name drop here because spike says he wishes he had a witch as well because if he had a witch he could like, sort of like cross check this information that cordelia is bringing because really they're just kind of going on cordelia's word at this point that she's cordy from another dimension and 
Right. Uh, he says that's just what somebody who wasn't actually Cordy from another dimension would want. <laughs> you to think. Exactly. Uh, and Indira says, "What about wi- full name? What about Willow Rosenberg? As though there's any other Willow that we would ever Please. think of." Um, we learn that Willow's in London, and um, Spike. Th- this is why I brought this up. Not not just to say that we get a Willow name drop, but Spike says he hasn't completely trusted Willow in years. I was sort of so like, we think this is. We think this is. Um uh per willow going dark at the end of season six as though spike didn't do anything regrettable at the end of season six yeah i know i mean like it has to be in reference to that uh, but it does seem like unless we're gonna find something else out something else out. that's true maybe they were pals for a while Mm. and then they had some other falling out i can't wait to find out oh my god me either oh my god okay renew this show renew the show Renew yeah. the Just show. imagine them hanging out. Imagine Willow like painting Spike's nails black oh my God. while they while they listen <laughs> to Chibomato uh, and reminisce about their like times with Oz and uh, Harmony. Yes, perfect. Okay, little sidebar about Spike's washboard abs. Um, I was <laughs> as we're now picking our favorite uh, audio clip. <laughs> from each episode i was like really hoping there was going to be like a pat pat i wanted (laughs) clem's paw on spike's abs but we don't unfortunately get it much to my dismay you have to write some of this stuff down for when we talk to casey okay yeah Uh, because you know we have influence i was thinking about telling amber i didn't get the chance to but i was thinking about telling amber you know you guys if you get a second season and in the second season there's uh, you know, a podcast about the goings on and <laughs> then uh, we're happy to, to tap in for that. So this, just... you just reminded me of um, <laughs> one of the more recent Halloweens. I think the first in the Halloweens where like Jamie Lee Curtis is like back, Yeah, you know, uh, the, the whole thing kicks off with a pod a fucking podcaster going to <laughs> yeah. try to like, uh, like a true crime podcaster trying to like talk to, Michael Myers. Don't worry. The podcaster is the first person to perish. <laughs> there's a there's as a, it should be a great new horror movie, which I seem seemingly will just never look up the name of it and never remember the name of it. Natural Thriller. Is that what it's called? I made that up. But it's <laughs> it's a time. It's like it's a time travel horror movie. It's fucking great. I highly recommend it. It's Ooh. brand new. But there's also a key. I highly player. recommend it. I have no idea. What no, the title no is. idea. And I have an iPad and a computer and an iPhone all surrounding me right now. But you know what i'm not looking it up no. because that's no, what's no. fun you can scream at me in your car um <laughs> anyway there's a there's a notable podcaster in that movie as well um oh. okay so i think we already learned in the first episode that cordy is the only slayer in her world right she she established yep. that but she says that again here um yeah. spike seems stoked to learn that Anya's still alive in the other uh, yeah, reality yeah he's like, mm. he's like i remember that role in the well, hay it's like you know they had their sweaty times um mm. but also they had a certain mutual respect yeah um for you know they really love uh one another's straightforwardness mm-hmm. i don't find this anya as straightforward mm. uh mm-hmm. or uh direct or sometimes like blisteringly blunt yeah as the anya we're familiar with and i that that's an interesting thing that i'm kind of uh looking forward to seeing 
well, uh, what we might find out. Yeah, and what's interesting is like like you were theorizing about Willow and Spike. It's like you know, mm-hmm. ten years has passed. So, yeah. what what would our Anya have been like? In we we thought last episode this was 2015, but my notes from Audible before I moderated the panel, I didn't even tell you this. Jenny said a note. Mm-hmm. This is set in 2013. So I don't know that we oh. get that clearly anywhere, but Audible said 2013. Um, but maybe you know, maybe our Anya would have also been a little bit softer around the edges after another decade of being human so who knows um could be could be okay i would like to play a sound clip uh here because we get the so so cordelia is ready to go back right she's like okay let's go like i found you and now anya so let's just hear charisma doing cordelia trying to get anya to call her back it's fucking funny anya bring us back what is she doing Making a scene, I'd say. Anya! Three, coming home! Bring us back! Ooh, this is just like Star Trek. Anya, you've got to beam them up. Anya! Anya! Why isn't she responding? This is kind of awkward. Yep. Um, can I get a refill? I love that they did not discuss a plan for return. Or maybe they did, and it was just, yell my name, and hopefully I'll hear you from the other side incredible that's that's true power Kristen. (laughs) i also love that just before this we get indira being like i'm a slayer now but then she can only hold it together for mere moments before she's like yeah yeah i i i mean okay leia who is playing indira is a fucking rock star she has to be like one of my absolute favorites from the whole cast. She is just, the character is doing it for me. Her performance is doing it for me. Like just everything. Not to mention that, let me tell you all, she is the sweetest human being, perhaps on the face of this earth. She was there with her mom and dad who were like helping her. It was, I can't, you guys, it's too much, but fucking Leia for Slayer president. Um, But what I was going to (laughs) say is something that I really love it uh, about, the introduction of Indira is her excitement, but also later when we get some of the gruesomeness, I realize like, oh, they're really doing a good job showing us. We didn't get to really see Buffy first see the gore and, you know, uh, <laughs> blood and all of that of being a slayer. We didn't really get to see Faith. Like we don't get to see people in their first steps as a slayer. Right, and, right. And we're getting to see Indira witness, like, Spike's innards on the floor. And Cordelia and Anya are like, he's fine, you know? He'll, yeah. he'll live. And Indira's like, yo, this is fucking nasty. Uh, and I thought, well, that's fun. Like, that's something that I haven't gotten to see before. Let's swing on over to Drew and Anya. Yeah. Uh, Drew once... I'm so sorry that I have to tell you this, mm-hmm. everyone. Drew once made love to someone <laughs> named Jasper on a rooftop. Oh, no. Sorry. No. The top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> the, the the rooftop. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate rooftop uh, for lovemaking. And then threw him over the side. Splat. She says splat. This is real Natalie French energy. <laughs> yeah. I um I called for the Drew jingle for this. This gave, this gave me, uh, you deserved it. You earned it, Drew. Drew. Still, 
All right. So Drusilla is threatening to eat Jasper, the dog, um, if Anya doesn't protect tell Jasper her. at all costs. <laughs> yes, protect fucking Jasper at all costs. Um, if Anya doesn't tell her where Cordelia is, Anya makes it rain holy water. Incredible. Sweet, sweet booby trap. Uh, and she and Jasper escape, thank God. Yeah. We I also think like I think Juliet is doing a great job as this version of Drew. We we sort of heard a bit about the fact that Drew, you know, still like lines up her dollies and talks to them, but that like after Spike's death, she like really became very ambitious and what have you. So we are getting a, a really different Drew. And I think, I mean, Juliet is a fucking genius. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this moment where the holy water starts raining down and we get Drusilla saying like, I'm the queen of vampires. Like, I don't want to hide. I don't hide underneath a table. Okay, I, I do. I do. <laughs> like going under the table. I just thought it was a really brilliant performance. And again, like new sides of these characters because they are different. They are somewhat the same and somewhat different. And there is no one on this earth who could make rain, rain, go away, come again another day (laughs) work here. But Juliet just sells the shit out of it. And then we even get a trademark (laughs) at the end. That's so good. So good. We go to Drew's lair. So there's a character named Miss Bang. And what I noticed, because we have the scripts to these episodes, is that this in the script, I don't know if you saw this, Jenny, but is written as Mr. Bang. And I am hoping to find out what made Mr. Bang into a Miss Bang (laughs) at some point in our journey on this series. This sounds like a question for the sexual tension awards. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Drew is back. And here's our reveal. Are you ready? Um, okay, so not only <laughs> you remember um, the Thanksgiving delicacy turducken, right? Oh, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, so we are blessed with a turwitchin. <laughs> Go on. Yes, yes, yes. We yes. have Dark Terra, <laughs> but inside, trapped in Dark Terra and trying maybe to resurface is good Terra, a a version of Terra we're much more familiar and comfortable with. Yeah. This is interesting to me. We have not, to my knowledge, to my memory, I don't think we've experienced anything quite like this. And the thing that makes it really interesting to me is a scene that comes a bit later where we have this uh, Terwitchin, that's what we're referring to her as. That's right. (laughs) Sort of talking to herself um and oh yeah it's fascinating to me because in this one exchange that happens later on dark tara is saying that she's thankful in a way that good tara is still there because even though she wants to do this evil plan we don't get a lot of the details of this plan in this episode but even though she wants to do this she would really like to still not kill anya and cordelia and i was like well that's fucking nuanced and interesting like go on usually the divide is so clear with this sort of setup where you know especially in this universe yeah um until you know a vampire falls in love with a slayer or whatever the lines are usually pretty clearly drawn (laughs) yeah yeah um so all this to say we learn that tara and anya were friends before whatever has Uh happened to tara has happened to tara 
Tara and Drusilla, um, we didn't say, are lovers. Um, yes. And ab- you know, because of all of the making out Foley. <laughs> One of the questions. This, let me just say that this audio doesn't seem like any of our <laughs> business. I agree. I agree. Um, we also get a mention of Kurgan, Kurgan's grimoire, which is... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it seems a very important part of whatever te- Dark Terra. Uh, well, I'm. I don't want to call her Dark Terra. I want to call her Terwitchin. Moving forward, I like that distinction. Amazing. This scene ends with them dancing in hard quotes. Um. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, um, there's so much sound happening, right? <laughs> so that that's like intended to like indicate to us what's happening but the thing is like without a visual i have a dark feeling i'm i'm imagining you know too much the worst. I, not the worst. the worst i'm like imagining beyond <laughs> beyond perhaps what was intended how do you know that you're imagining exactly the right thing listen again i i, I will say things that i uh, don't think are spoilers and jenny can tell me if i should cut them out but i will say that there are comments made between characters uh in later episodes about getting on their knees so i don't think you're imagining too much i think that this oh, is my goodness a dark and sexy show that we found ourselves in goodness they said we couldn't do it they said we couldn't be dark and sexy and yet here we are talking about dark and sexy matter okay we go to the cafe and the most important thing so far revealed is that there is uh there are other realities and cordelia lets us know that there's not just one and two there's a multiverse right and they scoped out the realities and they picked this spike but she's bemoaning that perhaps they picked the wrong spike because this one can't make up his mind on what he's going to do and we learn that there's another spike in another dimension who is doing slam poetry i'm not convinced that this spike isn't doing slam poetry 100 perfectly honest percent fucking giles just like undercover playing his guitar but also spike is there doing undercover poetry yeah. and they both keep each yeah. other's spike secret. and giles at the coffee hat the open mic together <laughs> for sure um spike calls her cordy and she says don't yeah because this then this is where we get the reveal her sister called her cordy and her sister was murdered by the master. <clears throat> yeah. This is also where we get the reveal uh, that fucking Anyanka is here. We saw Anyanka peeping through the, what did we call it? Sca- scary window? Sc- scrying window. And scrying window. <laughs> um, And yeah, Anyanka is here. I've drawn three hearts in my notes. And... Cordelia says, I like I thought your Anya was dead. And Spike's like, this is not my world's Anya. This mm-hmm. is a big, big deal, this information. Do you want to talk about um what Anyanka explains to us about yes. how she is here? New lore. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, apparently, a human body is like the host body for a vengeance demon. Yeah. And uh, Vengeance Demon could not, before this moment, (laughs) operate in the corporeal world without a human host body. But Anyanka 
is uh, the first. She says, I'm a miracle. I'm like, correct. <laughs> uh, she's existing without a host. Yeah. She says, my rage burned brightly. This is after basically Anya booted her from Anya's body. My rage burned brightly and my longing to return to the flesh and blood world gave me such strength that I built a physical body from little more than dust. Believable, honestly. I mean, you know, if anyone was going to do it, it would be Anyanka. Though I have to say, I, this makes me believe that Cecily is still out there somewhere. I mean, not Cecily, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Halfrek. Halfrek. That right? If if Anyanka could do this, Halfrek's in the ether. Halfrek is yeah. Halfrek is either like out there or is like a very bitter pile of dust, just grumbling about the <laughs> fact that uh, Anyanka did this and Halfrek didn't get to do it. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Anyanka sensed Anya's magic and now can think of absolutely nothing but destroying her. She is obsessed. She is I consumed. Say, I would say what there's do you a, make of this? I, I mean, to me, it feels like there's a certain gravitational pull between Anyanka and Anya in this other reality, and I am intrigued. My interest is piqued. Um, and also, it you know, basically, we end this scene, I think, with Cordelia saying, like, hey, I don't even care if you're evil. If you can find my Anya, we actually need you. Um, and so, yes, please give me the Anyanka, Anya. This is like two Xanders made great. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. take away... Mm -hmm. Both Xanders and double Anya. Yes. Great. Mm. Good job. Uh, a recipe we can all get behind. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay, S speaking of Anya meeting Anyanka, Jenny, the moment that this happens, because Anya and Jasper... Honestly, leave the dog, put the dog in a kennel, okay? Or put put the dog mm -hmm. with a friend. Just Jasper does not need to go along for these journeys, okay? I'm very concerned. But Anya and Jasper come through the portal to our reality. And the first thing that Anya says to Anyanka, who is kicking the shit out of specifically Cordelia in this moment, mm. is get away from her, you bitch. Now that's a quote from a little movie. <gasps> Jenny. A little movie that you've now seen, a Kristen. How that exciting. I have seen a movie called Aliens. This is what uh, Ripley says to Xenomorph, the the Xenomorph. Yes. Look at you. Look at me go. And it's not only a reference that we know, but it's a reference that I was delighted to see is written in the script. <laughs> yeah. You know, like everybody knows. We all know what we're doing here. Fucking glorious. 
Anya throws a binding spell and Cordelia, who was in the process of being choked, is like, oxygen is my friend. <laughs> uh, great delivery. Yeah. And also, um, you know, back in our journey through Seven Seasons of Buffy, we had a lot of uh, delightful, absolutely untranslated words used. And I think that everyone here got the memo that if you're going to use languages, you could actually use them and uh, do them correctly because this first bit is in the script. This is check what Anya says is check for the witch's spider web. So that's Ooh. those are the words she's Ooh. saying, right? It's fun. And and it and this Love is it. what freezes Anyanka, but it's really just supposed to freeze her and then now we get this other reveal that in traveling through the portal, Anya's magic is now unpredictable and chaotic. So she meant to simply freeze Anyanka, trap her in basically a witch's spider web, but mm-hmm. instead Anyanka is now a immovable statue. Yeah. Um, Anya and Cordelia from the alternate dimension love each other so much. There's a moment for the, for us to hear them over, over our fucking headphones hugging each other. They are best friends. Um, Spike, intestines everywhere. Yeah, so this is also the scene that I was talking about earlier, um, just giving us some pretty gruesome shit. And uh, I'd like to play a little clip of it. This is... Um, when Anyanka begins to fight with Indira and Spike and Cordelia. If you were friends with the frail flesh girl I used to be, then you're no friend of mine. I'll rip your guts out. Oh, bring it then. You're up against two slayers and William the Bloody. I'll take those odds. (laughs) Did you just bite me? Bloody hell, like I said, Leave the kid alone! I said I'd rip your guts out! Oh, yeah, that hurts. (laughs) The word in the SFX in the script is splurch, Jenny. S-P-L-U-R-T-C-H. Fucking splurch. Just. I love it. Pretty nasty. Later in this scene um, <clears throat> is where we get the sound clip that we <laughs> opened with. Latoya made a note for us. Do we really think that Spike would care about the Xander gossip back home? And I thought about it, and I think he would. Uh, I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe that uh, Spike and Xander, they Spike were roommates. Spike a bit of a nosy bee. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember, but they were roommates. And I do think that Spike... <gasps> They were roommates. I think Spike cares about what up, what Xander's up to in all dimensions, uh, more so than the rest of us, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Important to note in this fight that Clem got knocked out and missed the whole thing. Spike says, you're the new Giles. <laughs> Bump on the noggin, you're out for the duration. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, we love the self-awareness of our new Buffyverse. And Clem also gets assigned to babysit the statue of Anyanka, uh, also, thankfully, Anya does a little healing spell on Spike and his poor intestines, but whoa, it makes him super strong. Yeah, I love that this Anya is like, this is chaotic and wild, and I kind of want to hang out here for longer because yeah, yeah, this yeah. is cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to Tara's chambers in the alternate reality, enter Mr. Pickles. I don't like monkeys and i know that this is a (laughs) controversial opinion 
Yeah, Mr. Pickles, I don't know. I, we, you know, we'll just have to see the journey that Mr. Pickles goes on. This was like... Again, this reality is very different in a lot of ways. We have um, Slayers. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, more as the series progresses, but like in touch with magic in a way that our Slayers and our reality weren't. We've got familiars and, and just sort of slotted in. Like there's not really any mythology given to like we're just calling Mr. Pickles a familiar is that just sort of like a witchy aside or is that you know like I, I would like to know a little bit more but right now all we know is that Mr. Pickles is a monkey he can communicate with Tara even though we can't understand him he certainly is a vehicle <laughs> for Tara to tell us information uh that we the listener need to hear and he loves to play the piano he's practicing I, yeah, nothing against Mr. Pickles in particular. Mm -hmm, just monkeys. Just, mo monkeys are uh, too close mm -hmm. to people, <laughs> but not far enough away from animals. You know what I mean? They're in that. Yeah. Not a girl, not yet a woman phase. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tara knows that Cordelia is in a different reality. Um, and basically, this is the scene that we talked about in a sense where we hear good Tara and dark Tara talking back to each, back and forth to each other. And we learn some of this nuance between them that dark Tara doesn't want to listen to good Tara, but also good Tara is keeping her from killing Anya and Cordelia. So we will learn more. I'm sure. Current reality. Spike has a fucking apartment, Jenny. He's he, all grown he has up. A loft where he watches his shows. <laughs> And reads. And keeps all his poetry books. His many, many books of poetry. I love it. Spike informs Cordelia that the Cordelia in his reality is dead. And he says something that I really love. Yeah, I have it highlighted too, I think. He says, uh, my Cordelia pretended she was tough and learned the hard way that she really was. Oh my God, I love that. I love it too. And I love... These, I mean, you know, if you're a, if you're a Buffy person, you don't need to go much farther than this exchange to know exactly what they're saying to us here, right? That like this Cordy, Slayer Cordy is different than the Cordy that we had in our reality in many ways. But the truth is that the strength that our Cordy had was always inside of her. It just came out via a different path. And I was really mm. thinking a lot about... This universe that we're learning about and what it is saying or asking us to question about the sense of self that we have, you know, like because all of these alternate versions of our characters have so much of the same, you know, like Drew is still playing with her dollies and mm -hmm. Cordy is still talking about Sephora. And, you know, like w there's these there's like sort of an essence of the characters that is there. And I you know, not to get too deep into it right here and now, but I just think it's really interesting to think about if there were a multiverse, like what would be the things about ourselves that would remain the same and what would be the things that might change a bit and how will we see that play out here with our alternate mm -hmm. reality characters? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And Cordelia says that. I mean, in in response to Spike, she says, you don't think I was just as insecure as the Cordelia you're describing when I first became the Slayer, right? Yeah. Just a also, different you path. don't think I'm beautiful and tough. <laughs> and there she is. And there, <laughs> and she, there is. she is. And you know, last episode, Latoya was like, listen, you guys played the original Cordy jingle, but I really think that the souped up Cordy jingle that we, we, that Jenny created for Angel <laughs> should go also in here. So this is uh, for you, Latoya, and for Slayer. Cordy, let's hear that souped up guitar heavy Cordy jingle. Okay. It's determined that Anya needs some spell supplies and Kristen, (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) They specifically say that there are magic supply stores in Los Angeles, but they're like, but we need to go to the sinkhole where the magic box once was in Sunnydale to get supplies and that it's still standing. The building is condemned, but it's still standing. And, this is a stretch for me. I mean, I'm here to believe it. I would love to believe that the magic box still stands, but I, my geography of Sunnydale, messy as it may have been, really put the magic box kind of right in the dead center of Sunnydale, not on the outskirts. Yeah. So, we're bending. It feels like we're bending. Yeah. Yeah. Bend a little <laughs> the bit. Rules and also stretching, you know, wh- why drive for a couple of hours <laughs> when you're already in a city where there's some stuff well and i think too it's like i mean again i'm sure everyone has their reasons but it does seem like suggesting that the magic box was the only thing left still standing would have been cool because it's the fucking magic box and like what if we learned that that whole sinkhole was there but the little bitty magic box was the only thing that remained in sunnydale (laughs) yeah 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 i think i would have enjoyed that and also give us i think a reason why you have to go to that magic box specifically you know i mean she (laughs) i do love the supplies that she's after gravestone moss and powdered pixie bones sorry pixies but that feels like fairly like something you could pick up anywhere I'm looking for like a spell book Mm -hmm. that was in Giles or Anya's like private collection. Exactly. A fucking, you know, reanimated mummy hand that you need. Then perhaps perhaps only one of those. And we will Thor's hammer. Like give us, give us. A little workout room where you can do a slow-mo training montage. Slug scented candles. You know, just give Mm -hmm. us some reason why you must go back to the magic box. But we're going to go back and we're gonna like it because we all want to go back to the magic box of, of course yeah yeah yeah. When, i'm not complaining that no. we're going I'm, I'm just like hmm um okay knock knock <laughs> it's a messenger from xantina Sp- who does spike not have a cell phone <laughs> well xantina doesn't seem like the kind of person who would call anyone on the phone you know but but spike Oh, I guess Spike went in to speak with her. Yeah. Okay. Spike maybe Zantina in. doesn't use phones. Okay. Okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Also, they're where? Oh, yeah. They're at Spike's apartment. You're right. That is a bit odd. Okay. Um, You're picturing Spike with a landline. <laughs> <laughs> Twirling his curly cord around his painted oh my God, fingernails. Yes. 
Um, yeah, so there's a message from Xantina that the Penthos demon uh, is moving up her timeline. And first of all, this messenger sounds like the character that Seth Green played on the X-Files to me. Totally. Dude. Dude. <laughs> uh, there's a singing version, uh, but <laughs> they didn't want me to do that one for you, like man. flying around like hamburgers <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> Um, it's decided ultimately that Anya and Indira are going to be one team and they're going to go to the magic box. They're driving to Santa Barbara. I mean, Sunnydale and Cordy <laughs> and Spike are going to go to the hospital to either this is debatable warn the guardian slayers or participate in the fight themselves, depending on who mm-hmm. you listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are in Clem's rusty car with Indira and Anya and um, Anya wants to hear more about this Sunnydale. And, <laughs> and Dira... Dira catches her up on the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, Spike sac- rumors are Spike sacrificed himself and Anya being like, but he's back now. And like the whole series of Angel just like fast forwards through our uh, <laughs> minds. <laughs> um I love, and I'd like to play it, uh, this exchange between Anya and Indira that we hear in the car where Indira is talking about sort of her obsession with Slayers. You didn't just start researching Slayers and Demons this morning. What's your story? 24 hours as a Slayer and you're fraternizing with the likes of Spike. (laughs) I've been a fan forever. Like, I'm in the subreddits and on all the socials. I guess it's just, you know, the world can be really dark and... It's nice knowing there are people looking out for the rest of us. Well, you're one of those people now. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. And now you're going to teach me magic? (laughs) So cool. Just some basic knowledge, not spells. Oh. Yeah. Cute. You're one of those people now, Anya says. That's a nice thing from Anya. Yeah, this is really nice. Um... They also talk about, Indira tells Anya that her grandpa is sick and they talk about maybe like looking into some healing spells when all this blows over. It's so nice. I think that this um, bit also that Anya has talking about humans uh, being more... Choosing to do demonic things. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read a little bit of this line? Please. Anya says to Indira... um, But sometimes humans can be worse than demons. And she says humans have more opportunity to choose to be good when they don't, when it's a deliberate choice to do a selfish thing that always feels worse to me. Um, And I just think, I mean, they go on to have this conversation about women like them needing to stand together, the ones with magic, real or metaphorical, um, because the bad guys will burn us the first chance they get. But it just, I just think, and you know, we've talked about this clearly, like we lived inside of the Buffyverse for so long, but I just think it's really powerful to think about the fact that what makes a demon different than a human is a demon just has uh, less choice than a human in uh, doing demonic things. Mm-hmm. That's the deliciousness mm-hmm. of the Buffyverse to me. That's yeah, why this that's story is good. fucking eternal. Yeah. Um, we get a little more information about Cordelia's little sister aka her dawn who is very notably named sarah (laughs) that interesting (laughs) 
Yeah, and we talked about what happened to her sister, but, you know, they do really underline what it's done to Cordy in this exchange with Anya saying, like, you know, that's why she seems so cold and distant. She built a wall around herself and not even I know how to breach it, um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that that's giving me ma- massive Buffy vibes. I mean, this is what we saw happen to Buffy as well in different ways, um, yeah. just that she became sort of... Uh, prisoner in her own little castle that she made uh, to keep herself safe from pain and loss because she had lost so much. Don't you wish that like Slayer Buffy and Slayer Cordy could just sit down and have a martini together or whatever? I don't think that they drink martinis, but yes. Yeah. What do they drink? Red wine? Um, Nexgar, Cordy drinks bourbon. Mm, Hot. And Buffy is like a big sex in the city fan and drinks cosmos no no i mean fine but no i don't i just can't have buffy drinking a cosmo next to cordelia drinking a bourbon we need to give okay. buffy a how about a bit. light beer <laughs> what are you doing to buffy summers right now uh how about spindrift alcoholic seltzer how about a mezcal a smoky mezcal margarita Ooh. okay Yes. Okay. Thank you. God. Put some respect on Buffy's name. I mean, those are all respectable choices. <laughs> no offense to you if you drink any of those drinks, which I also do. <laughs> okay. Okay. So at the hospital, <laughs> Spike and Cordelia are on the scene and <laughs> I love, he tells her that it's, uh, that this demon is named Miranda and she's like, Miranda. And he's like, not all demons are called Gilfrack or whatever, <laughs> which is funny. Uh huh. It is funny, and she says Miranda's just a really girly name. And Spike, all Spike says is, "Well, she is girly." And Cordelia is immediately like, "Oh my god, you think she's hot? You like her?" <laughs> yeah, the levels of detection of Detective Cordelia here are right on par with Charisma Carpenter looking in our eyes and being like. Is there something I don't know about you two? Oh my God. The the real charisma carpenter. Yes. Uh, you know this story, listeners at home, when we interviewed Charisma? <laughs> when we interviewed Charisma, we had just recently divorced and she like sussed it out in the fucking room with us. Like, <laughs> there seems to be an energy in this room and I can't quite yeah. put my finger on it. Picking something up. Oh God. I also fucking, um, we talked about Esther walking as slow as possible out of that fucking card game last episode. <laughs> and I love that after she walks slowly out, she just immediately immediately narked on spike um yeah (laughs) esther Uh, i hope you got a big plate of roadkill because you've earned it in my book (laughs) so due to this ratting out miranda has an ambush waiting so it's like nine against two not the the greatest odds in um the history of the Buffyverse. No, not the greatest. Uh, I'm not too concerned, but definitely we end the episode with a note of suspense. Uh, I also, I, I realized that by bringing us to Miranda's entrance, I did take us past Spike saying, I'm not blind slayer. You're a tasty bit yourself. But I know a Venus fly trap when I see <laughs> one. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm just saying... I, we said episode one, when we taped episode one, we had only listened to one episode. We didn't even get this comment. And we said, wonder what 
Spike from the other dimension was doing with Cordy over there. And now I'm wondering yeah. about this Cordy and this Spike. And I will tell yeah. you what, Jenny, when I sat on stage, I saw Charisma Carpenter say to James Marsters, well, I even sensed there was some tension between us. And I had no one there. I was by myself on stage. <laughs> if you go back, if you saw the panel, you'll just see me silently snap in the air because I was contained. I, so much emotion was in my body. Yeah, um, yeah you had to diffuse it. I had to diffuse yeah. it. So. Yeah, maybe we're, maybe we're in for some Spordelia. I thought about Spordelia or uh, Cordyke. Cordyke, exactly. That was the other one. I when I came up with Cordyke as I fell asleep last night, I got really excited. Yeah, yeah. The ship names uh, we deserve. Um, um, yeah. So dun 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 dun. dun. I do want to give a shout out to Miranda's last line. This baby boy is an ambush. Miranda, I love you. <laughs> Also, Miranda yeah. and Cordelia kind of love each other. Co yeah, Cordelia yeah. complimenting Miranda's shoes, saying, oh, I really understand why you thought she was hot upon yeah. arrival. Yes, yes. Nice. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Well. Okay. My favorite audio of the episode, Kristen, mm -hmm. was the wet sloshing of Spike's intestines. Gross. The splorching. What was it called? Splorching. Yeah, splorching. And you? My favorite audio effect was the sound of holy water hitting Drusilla's vampiric skin. <laughs> Similar to your, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just need to fine tune the rhythm on those raindrops, baby. <laughs> just Drew like putting out her fingers in rhythm, catching the raindrops to make your yeah, little drum yeah, solo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really felt that. I felt the holy water rain falling. So great job. Okay. Dare we turn our innocent eyes upon the sexual tension awards? You know, our eyes may remain innocent for this whole series, Jenny, but our ears will not. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Welcome back to another installment of the Sexual Tension Awards. What a thrill. <laughs> we have four slots today, which we will cram a variety of nominations into. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. Uh, start stretching and warming up your voting fingers. I'm demonstrating some finger warm-ups on Please. Zoom for Kristen, and she's unhappy. S someone remind me to make a fucking gif of what Jenny is doing with her fucking pointer <laughs> finger right now. Okay. Some things are out of our control. You know, desire is often out of your control. You can't choose who you fall in love with, and we can't choose who you, the listeners, will absolutely 1,000% skin us alive if we do not include <laughs> in this roundup of noms. And with that in mind, I first offer to you Tara and Drusilla. <laughs> the combination we truly never saw coming. <laughs> no one could have predicted. Uh, literally or metaphorically. Some attraction is uh, emotional, some attraction is psychological, some attraction is situational, and some attraction is just plain, good old, physical. And with that, I offer to you, with a pat-pat-patting of some <laughs> rippling washboard abs, <laughs> I offer you Spike and Clem. Clem knows a good thing when he sees it. Remember how much he, he loved does. his Cheetos, Fritos? Oh, yeah. What did he like? <laughs> Uh, corn nuts. No, no. Fritos? no. Fritos. Cheetos. There was. Uh, I feel like it was something with a really fun name, 
We're listen, so embarrassed. Listen, you just <laughs> have to so embarrassed. tell us. But, you know, I'll distract you with a sidebar uh, story mm. about Clem. Uh, well, kind of tangentially about Clem, which is that as part of New York Comic Con, they did this site there's like magic box-esque site uh that you could go and take pictures it was really fucking cool um but what i will tell you now is that when i first walked in there was a, a basket of poker chips like branded poker chips on the table on one of the tables and i turned to the bartender and i was like well it's a good thing that there's no kittens here and then i continued to turn and there was a giant basket of tiny stuffed kittens right next to the poker chips that i just had not yet seen and i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> they thought of everything uh anyway uh spike and clem good luck to you both Spike has a lot to say about like what love is and how love feels and like what love does to you so far in the series. And that feels right on par with him calling Cordelia a Venus flytrap. And thus I give to you Spordelia Cordike. I mean, who has among us has not simply needed to put their finger inside of a venus flytrap well that came out a little bit dirtier than i meant it um, to yeah i'm uncomfortable i'm so sorry I'm calling but hr i meant the actual i gotta go you guys and it's lot number four god bless them yeah uh god would well, literally senses- never bless them but <laughs> uh taste touch sight stuff there are so many things, so many senses that can wow. play into fucking Mr. Wizard herself over here. But <laughs> but it feels like this combination is like there's sort of like a sniffing, smelling, sensing kind of like a thing. I don't. You're rewriting think the L word theme song. <laughs> <laughs> sniffing, sensing, smelling. Yeah, totally. Uh, this combo, you know, it it definitely wouldn't end well. But there does seem to be some undeniable tension Mm -hmm. as these um, two entities may or may not be on a crash course aimed directly at one another. It's Anya and Anyanka. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Well, tell them how to vote, Jenny. Beautiful listeners, if you want to vote in our poll, our very cool, chill little poll, please head on over to bufferingcast.com slash STA and tell us how you feel. Let us know what you think make your voice heard i'm in washington dc the you know national headquarters of uh voting and where all the votes go or whatever are you gonna (laughs) go by the j edgar hoover building or what yeah i probably should just swing by and let them know i'm here in case they want to give me a rental car or toss any files on my desk yeah uh y'all let's let's go to the other side of sexual attention awards where i'll tell you a story about uh the x-files and emma caulfield hit it What about Emma Caulfield and the X-Files? Uh, so, okay. So I was chatting with a couple of folks in our Discord about this afterwards that I was incredibly shot. Like, I'm usually fine and chill. I was not fine, nor was I chill with Emma Caulfield. I mean, I was. like, I, but, but, like, me being nervous means I will just stay as far away from you as possible because I don't want to bother you. I don't want you to feel that you owe me anything. I just this is relatable for me. Especially. Yeah. I was kind of like, honestly, it was a, an overwhelming part of my experience. But 
So let me just tell, I'm just going to tell you the story from the green okay, room. Okay. okay. So I'm sitting in the green room trying to be invisible because I don't want to bother anyone, even though I'm in the green room with James Marsters, Emma Caulfield, Leia, Delion Hayes, mm-hmm. Charisma mm-hmm. Carpenter. They're mm-hmm. all there. Um, but I'm, they're eating. They've been talking probably all day to people and I don't need them to talk to me. I'm just Kristen over here being quiet. You're just a cool guy. Just a cool guy. So I'm just chilling. And then loud enough for me mm-hmm. to hear, because he's right there basically next to me, James turns to Emma and says, or Emma says, who's moderating? And James is like, oh, this wonderful woman from Buffering, the Vampire Slayer, the podcast. And now I'm like, fuck, I have to say I'm here. They don't actually know that I'm in the green room with them. So I'm I was like, hi, that's that's me. I'm I'm that woman. And James was like, oh my God, hi, I didn't see you, blah, blah, blah. Charisma, who was so close to me, whips her head up and goes, Kristen? And I was like, oh my God. Like I'm like now, I like I've tried to make not a spectacle, and I've now made the biggest spectacle I could make. And Charisma oh, yeah. is like, your hair isn't blonde anymore. I didn't recognize oh, you. So my. You know, we're chatting about what I'm doing and what we're doing, Jenny. And I said, you know, Mm -hmm. well, we were divorcing when we last saw you as, you know, Charisma picked up immediately. Um, (laughs) And James said, oh, no. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. We're good. We're all good. We actually finished our run of Buffy and we moved to the X-Files. We called it the EX-Files. And everybody said, oh, that's great. And Emma was like, I love the X-Files. And I was like, okay. I said, okay, Emma, but I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen the first season. So I'm like over here pining mm-hmm. for Scully and Mulder to kiss. And I'll bleep this out because this is a spoiler-free podcast. But Emma said to me, <laughs> and I said, Emma, don't spoil <laughs> me. <laughs> Emma Caulfield has spoiled me the most uh, on the X-Files today. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's my Emma Caulfield X-Files story. <laughs> Does she want to come on the pod? I know. I literally thought about that today. I was like, oh, man, you know what? Like, maybe she'll come talk to us about Slayers. But also, what if she just wants to talk about the X-Files someday? That know? would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I think she was on an episode of the X-Files Files with Camille. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Hey, you know what? Put it on the fucking vision board, Jenny. There we go. Tack yes, on manifest. Yeah. <laughs> Emma Caulfield on the X-Files 2024. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Have we done it? Have we thoroughly discussed this episode? I think we did. I mean, you know, there's a lot of big things and a lot of minutia. And I think we did a good job at tackling just enough of both. But, you know, if you didn't like it, then sorry. (laughs) 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 Well, Kristen, I'm left with no choice but to inform you and our listeners that I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And uh, when I'm not watching or listening to Buffyverse content, I am usually uh, making music. You can find my brand new album, Avalanche, on all streaming platforms. You can find beautiful deep purple vinyl deluxe editions of it um, in the real world at your favorite indie record store or uh, via my website. Um, You can find me on social media at Jenny Owen Youngs. And hey, I'm playing some shows in support of this album release. Uh, If you're listening today on the day of release, I'm, I'm playing in Chicago tonight. And then in November, I'll be on the West Coast in L.A., San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. And opening the shows and playing with me is friend of and editor of The Pod, the amazing John Mark Nelson. He's so incredible. And we've been having a really good time uh, over here in the Northeast um, starting to play these songs. It's been a real blast. So we hope that you'll come on out and join us. You can find all the info about the shows at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash tour. 
Hell yeah. And that's it for me. Hell yeah. You know, if if sending one of your two hosts on tour isn't complicated enough, why not try sending <laughs> your editor on tour as well? <laughs> it's good. It was a great idea. A great idea. Um, I am Kristen Russo. And when I am not diving into Buffyverse or X-Files content, I am often doing work with LGBTQ communities. Um, I do talks at workplaces. I, Jenny... I'm really excited because I just got an email from some folks at the Central Park Conservancy. And I don't know if you know how I feel about Central Park, but it's very dear to my heart. Excited to hopefully get to do some work with those folks. Um, But yeah, I'll come and talk to your workplace. I do those talks virtually as well. And I also have some fun queer stuff happening all the time. Queer Horror Movie Club. We watched Friday the 13th last night, which was uh, not now last night when you hear this, but when I'm taping it was Friday the 13th. And I have a little queer book club as well. You can learn all about that at kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. And you can use that spelling to find me on socials. Buffering the Vampire Slayer and Buffering a Rewatch Adventure is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. You can email us at hello at BufferingCast.com. Hell yeah. If you'd like to support the work we do, we would really love that. You can join our Patreon family over at patreon.com slash bufferingcast or all of this is again on the website. We are in the middle of Pumpkin Spike Autumn. On the 27th of October, we'll be doing a live watch of Halloween and all the way two of the three Halloween episodes, the two we felt mm. had the most spike in them to keep <laughs> on theme. Uh, and... Jenny, in the Yo. beginning of November, you're going to be playing a little buffering concert for our patrons with some spike songs, spike all the spike songs. songs. Ooh, so excited, yeah, baby. Can't wait. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time. Ow. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.